Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. On today's episode, I welcome in Katie Bramlett, who is the co-founder of WeShape. Katie started WeShape with the intention of advocating for women to stop focusing on the number on the scale and instead put their energy and efforts towards a more meaningful intention such as movement, rest, and a deeper connection with self. Her entire company and product is rooted in intention, movement, community, and beliefs. Katie has a passion for bringing awareness to the toxic expectations placed on women in the fitness industry, as well as the often overshadowed yet pivotal roles women play in business and entrepreneurship. Katie's goal is to create awareness through meaningful conversation and curiosity so that women can gain the support of men rather than gaining dominance. So I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation I had with Katie. And without further ado, please welcome in Katie Bramlett. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. I'm excited for the conversation. I'm a big fitness and nutrition nut. I, I enjoy this stuff. And obviously, you know, with Just Get Started podcast and folks, you know, starting businesses and kind of going after things that they believe in their mission and stuff. It's kind of a nice mix here with what you guys are doing there at WeShape. So um, I want to get in all that story. I, I thought we start if it's okay, because I love these, the four pillars that you have of the business here with intentions, movement, community, belief systems. And what I always, and maybe yours is not exactly the same, but most folks that start a business, most folks that are kind of leading forward with this kind of mission they believe in, it's something happened to them that made them mm. like, like they were solving a problem for themselves partially, and maybe they saw it with the world. So I'm curious is, tell me a little bit about the genesis of WeShape. Is that why it started? Or was there something you went through that kind of you felt there was a different way people should look at their health and wellness uh, than they do, you know, kind of how the world maybe uh, thinks about it? Yeah, I mean, it started in an old business that my co-founder and I had. It was a digital fitness company. We sold various digital fitness products, cookbooks, mm -hmm. uh, diet advice. And uh, I, I often tell people that things from the outside, like my Instagram life, looked really great. I had mm -hmm. checked a lot of boxes. The company had made the Inc. 500 three times. We were scaling the company. And I, I still wasn't feeling quite right. And I just couldn't understand it. And as much as I tried to ignore that inner voice, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. And so my co-founder and I, through a, a number of years of, of dialogue around, like, what do we really want to do? Um, how, how do we go about this? Because what was happening was we would we had helped thousands of people make what we were calling at the time these big body transformations. But mm -hmm. On the other side of that, I was noticing that people either felt like it wasn't good enough or they couldn't really sustain any of the quote unquote what they thought progress was. And so it just it kind of was eye opening to me to be like, I'm giving people the tools to do what they say they want, which was really around changing the way their body looked and, you know, focusing on the scale. Mm -hmm. But no one seems happy <laughs> yeah. and I'm making quite a bit of money on it should I just shut up and be happy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there, for whatever reason, there was just a grueling voice inside that said, no, you should acknowledge that this is not exactly what you should be doing. And I think I felt confused because then I was like, well, then what should I be doing? And I think what I did was I just said, don't ignore this voice. Like I honestly, I couldn't, if I wanted to looking back, 
Um, and so when I had been in discussion with, with my partner around like, well, what are we going to do? He's like, well, to be honest with you, I, he was coming from like the exercise space. Like Mm -hmm. I really want to provide people a product that's rooted in movement. That's rooted in sustainable fitness. That's not really rooted in a fad exercise program Mm -hmm. because he had worked with clients of various ages throughout the years who he saw, like everyone was just an injury waiting to happen. And once you're in pain, your whole world shifts. And he was like, all of us are kind of an injury away from our, our relationship to movement shifting. So I want to focus on a technology driven product that sets a standard for movement and exercise, which you can't really get in a personal training environment because every personal trainer has a different standard for what they're working with. And so he's like, I want to set the standard and then I want to create a technology driven product that allows people to, to meet that standard and meet that, that criteria in real time. And I was like, Oh wow. Good luck with that. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm here for it because I really agree with the philosophy, but it sounds expensive. And it was, we self-funded the project for, um, I think it took one and a half to almost two years to just build the product. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, okay, this is a new direction. We're focusing on how people feel. We're not focusing so much on this, like, you know, no pain, no gain mentality. We're focusing on sustainability and movement and connection with your body, but it still didn't feel quite right. And so then I started realizing, oh, like my job, his job was more to focus on the movement and exercise science of sustainable workouts. Mm -hmm. And my job was to focus a lot more on the philosophical nature of the culture that we live in and really give people an opportunity not only to, to use our product, but to connect with themselves in a different way and hopefully begin to recognize that some of the messages and some of the beliefs that we have held about health and fitness and wellness uh, maybe, maybe we're on, maybe we weren't on the right path, or mm. maybe there's not necessarily the right or wrong path, but maybe there's other perspectives that we could bring to the table that would create less personal suffering around how we interpret our body and how and how we feel. Mm. So then that kind of opened up all these other doors. So wow. all of that sort of put together was the birth of We Shape. Wow. Yeah, and I could relate to that a little bit. Well, I used to uh, in my former life, I used to teach golf. I was a PJ professional, and you know when you talk about like the training and coaching, you also do have to meet because you might have certain students you work with, same with like training, you know, for fitness where they have injuries, right? They have a, a shoulder, maybe they have rotator cuff surgery, like, well, they're going to swing differently than the person you just taught prior. It's not just one technique fits all, you really have to work with the individual, right? And be able to have their body kind of meet you with the style, you know, or whatever that you're trying to train your technique. So I, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, I want to go a little bit deeper on, um, what were people, so when you started to kind of analyze this, you mentioned people are, weren't, were kind of connecting with, you know, their bodies or, or not able to kind of understand themselves as much. What did you find was the, like, why weren't people connecting? Were they just thinking about weight loss? Were they, did they have like self-limiting beliefs? Cause they would look at Instagram and see all these models and they're like, Oh my God, I'm never going to get there. Like, what was the reasons people maybe didn't have the confidence to start. I mean, I think a lot of it, and, and everybody's different, but a lot of the things that I was seeing and still see was that we have this belief that if our body looks a certain way or if um, if the scale has a certain number you know, on the other side of it, that we will have the ability to self-accept and or have self-acceptance and self-love. Hmm. And what I was realizing was that self-acceptance and self-love does not come from that. But we think that it does. It's kind of like, okay, well, I, I don't like my body how it is now. I don't feel, even if it's like, I don't feel great in my body. Mm-hmm. 
or it's, I want to meet this particular uh, standard in our culture, regardless of, of what that route is. Um, I think I noticed that a lot of people were thinking that I will have self-acceptance, I will have self-love when. And I just saw like in, in myself included, I saw that that was a destructive road to go down. And um, I, I watched time and time again in my own uh, experience, as well as the experience of those in our previous fitness company, that that simple that simply wasn't quite how the story ended. Was it just? It was like maybe temporary, but then it was like, oh wait, it's still not good enough. Or it's like yeah. it, it just constantly reared that ugly head of like, nope, still not good enough. Yeah. I still can't offer self acceptance. It's kind of like the carrot on the stick in front of you. You never you never can reach it. It's like you get there and it's like, oh, I can go another pound or I could do this or that. You're never like, okay, I've, I've made it to a good spot and a good checkpoint. Can I be satisfied with this? You know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. So it's just that idea of, of, of tapping into the root of like, well, how do we get to self-acceptance if the the way our body looks isn't isn't the avenue, right? And I think that's what we're still uncovering. I actually think that's sort of the human condition. Like, how do I accept myself is a is part of the human experience. It's part of the journey that I think we're all on. And I, and I, I don't know that anyone ever gets to full a hundred percent radical self-acceptance, but I do think starting with, oh, if I lose weight, then I'll get there might not be the best path. And I just wanted to offer people another path. Like if you lose weight using our product or joining our community and you feel better, great. But if you don't, you're still accepted here. Right. And if we can shift the intention to, I want to get better connected with me. I want to learn how to accept myself. I want to participate in a fitness program and product that is, is offering that as a foundation. And then also offering an incredible product that's rooted in exercise science. And that to me is more sustainable than let me try this for 30 days and see what I do. Let me do this diet. It's like so much of those behaviors and those beliefs are rooted when we like kind of peel back the onion. It's like all rooted in self-judgment. I'm not good enough. Therefore I need to do this. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is say you are good enough. Weight loss might be a part of your journey, but we're not going to put most of our attention there. We're going to put most of our intention in connecting with your body, moving your body, connecting with our community, uh, we have our own podcast where we're bringing specialists on to talk about like, what is the connection and deeper meaning with with dissecting some of these messages and and some of the toxic weight loss culture that we're all having to, li- to live in, yeah. right? So I'm like, what happens if we just kind of shift the intention? Can we create more sustainability? Can we, can we offer something that someone hasn't yet maybe quite tried in this way? Yeah. And so far, people are very much resonating with the people who are in our community are very much like, oh, I thought I was just going to work out, but really I'm learning that this program and this product is teaching me and giving me the tools in the community to learn how to accept self. And we're not really looking at that scale, right? Yeah. And I I think at the end of the day, there's probably some importance, right? Something people want to look at the scale, fine. But to your point, I think if someone has, if it's a, if it's a, let's say it's a weight issue, we'll just use that as a general, there might've been 10, 15, 20 years of things that happened in their life that made them get to that spot that maybe psychological, maybe their environment, all that stuff. It's not going to be from a 30 day diet. That's going to get them out of it. Right. That's why, that's why, that's why I love the, the kind of pillars you have here, especially with the community and then the belief systems, right? We, we hold on to these belief systems that we had from childhood and they, they hamstring us into adulthood. 
I just think it's kind of funny when you step back and say, I really want to take charge of my health and my, and my well-being and how I feel in my body. So let me do that through self-judgment. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me, you know, should myself there. It's like, well, I mean, maybe if we connected with our body in a different way and, and shifted those intentions, I just have curiosity if people could, could still get there, but maybe down a different path. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how did, so you talked about, I don't want to skim over the fact you mentioned, like it took like a year and a half, two years to build the tech for the, for this and stuff. Like, can you share a little bit more about that process? Like maybe the, the undertones, like what did you go through to how many iterations did you have? What was like the process of getting to where you were comfortable to launch this thing? I mean, it was chaos. If I'm being very honest, I learned a lot. I mean, we went from creating what I still felt were great fitness products, but it was really content heavy uh, digital products. It wasn't technology driven products. We obviously had a technical piece to our, our products because we were, were, were on the internet and we're, yeah. we're, uh, but uh, we're digitally based, but it was not a technology driven product. And so um, as a business owner, we had to wake up and go, we're actually moving in the software space and we don't know how to run that type of company. Yeah. And so it was just acknowledging, I think that was a big part of it. And, and the way we were able to finally get there is through a lot of mistakes, right? Um, and, you know, I think the whole time we just had grit and determination to say, you know, this is where we want our time. This is where we want our money. This is where we want our energy. And, you know, it is really hard to work with your partner in, in, in a business, mm -hmm. but there are also a lot of upsides to that in the sense that sometimes if you're by yourself in that, it's very lonely. Uh, we were sort of holding the chaos and the stress together, right? We were we were able to understand each other's perspective and what we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really helped us kind of push through. But it was really the determination and passion. And that was the other thing, right? It's like in our previous business, we cared about the fitness space. Like we've both been in the fitness space for 20, 25 years now. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't that we didn't have passion for that, but we were really driven by, especially once we started to gain momentum in the success of the company, we were really driven by those that success. Mm. And it wasn't until I was like, I don't really want to be driven by that anymore. Like, okay, I've had all of that. I I get it. Like, but there's something there has to be coming from deeper. Like, and it was also having two small children at home going, I'm leaving them every day to do yeah. this work. And is this work just so that we have more money? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, that doesn't really feel worth it to me because we already have enough and I could just not do that and be at home with them. Yeah. So then I was like, if you're, if you're going to be working, you got to make sure that you're working for the right reasons. Yeah. And so all of that was sort of happening at the same time. And uh, we were both just kind of shifting those values, shifting those perceptions. And that's kind of what drove us, us to releasing the product. Mm. Were you both on the same page with the the early vision? Like what you mentioned earlier a little bit about, hey, this is an idea and it kind of worked together. But like, was there any conflict there of like, wait a minute, I don't know if this is the right path or I want to go here and they want to go there. Like, how, how were those I, conversations early on? Yeah, I would be lying if I say that was conflict free. <laughs> um, I think that what's very interesting is my partner is like, he's just a, a total nerd about exercise science and like yeah. people moving their bodies. Like sometimes when we're in the car and we're driving and someone's like running on the side there, I'm like, don't look because I know you're like deeply worried that that person's ankles caving in. You're like, I'm already yeah. like, don't, 
don't worry. Don't worry about them. <laughs> um, and so he really had a strong passion for teaching people how to move in their bodies because he knew the value of that. He had had so many injuries and he had been hit by a car. He had like so much he had to go through in order to get to that space of like, we have to value movement before we value exercise. And so he was constantly trying to like kind of speak that language to me. And I was constantly going through my own stuff and having two daughters around what are these expectations placed on me? Is my value and worth only because I'm a female who fits a spe specific body type? Like, is that where I get my value and worth from? Well, the culture tells me, yeah, you'll get a lot of value and worth if you show up and weigh a certain amount and look a certain way. But like, does that where I want to get my worth from? And is that where I want my daughters to learn where they get their worth from? And so we were both kind of like, for lack of a better word, like fighting for our narratives, yeah. right? And then I was like, oh, like there's value in both and we can actually just do both of those things. Mm. And so as time has con gone on and we started saying, oh, there's room for both, not one or the other. I think that's when everything shifted. I'm like, oh, you have a superpower here and I have a superpower here. Why don't we stop fighting for the superpower and just put those things together? <laughs> and the beauty of that is once we did that, we actually were more open to the other person. And so now I've gone down my own path of understanding, whoa, I feel the power of like how important movement is over fat exercise programs and him having two daughters and, and being more open to, to this part of my world. He's gone. Oh, wow. This work, this deeper philosophical work that you're doing in our company with our team is extremely valuable. And it's, it's also contributing to the change and shift that people are experiencing. So it was when we were both kind of more open. Mm. And could stop just fighting our own side and see like you can actually have space for both. And actually, they're the perfect marriage, right? No yeah. pun intended. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a lot, though. We've had a lot of therapy. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, I didn't think we'd go down this path, but we're here. So let's talk about it. If you're open to it is how long have you all been together? Uh, we're going to be celebrating 15 years of wow. marriage on Wednesday. Congrats. Congrats. On yeah. That. So like you talked about coming to this room for growth and, and, you know, it's kind of almost this meeting of the minds into the middle kind of thing. You, you mentioned therapy, but like, what are some things you did to get there? Like, was this just kind of in passing conversations Were these like, Hey, we're having weekly meetings on this. Like what were ways that you guys got to that? Because I think there's, I think a lot of couples struggle with communicating on things that they might not be to your point. They were different in a sense but the reality, they actually had a lot of similarities once you started to flesh those out. So I know a lot of folks have that conflict. How did you work through it? Were there any actually, I don't want to use the word tactics, but I'm going to use it for lack of a better vocabulary, anything you did, techniques to improve that? Well, I mean, I think there was a lot of mistakes that happened in all honesty. And I realized that we can learn from these mm -hmm. and like move past them or we can just shut it all down because we're too like afraid of making mistakes. If that makes sense. It's like sometimes the guilt and shame of making mistakes, like just washes it all away. Yeah. And I just wanted to, to, uh, go like move through that. And so I just really tried to find a lot of like self-compassion for, we're just doing the best that we can do. Like we were successful in this other model and we've shifted not only the philosophical nature of our business, we're kind of going against the grain. Like many people, when we were making this transition, we're like, you're not going to be able to sell self-love and self-acceptance and movement. Like people care about having flat bellies and we're like, uh, we're going to do it anyway, I guess, you know? So I think that there was um, just this kind of like natural progression of being able to realize we can fight this out and, and, and tell the other person, I, my way is right or your way is right. Or like, 
there's just so many times that you do that, that it doesn't work. Or we can start to kind of like be a little bit more vulnerable and like make more space and be more curious. And when we would just do that a little bit, the fruit of that labor, the fruit of that mindset was so fruitful that we, I think it created more momentum, right? Mm -hmm. And it was so weird because I could literally say like one year of the business was just when we were in the thick of this was just, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can run a business with this person all the way to, oh, I actually feel like we're the perfect pair to run the business together. But it was that mindset shift. And I want to remind people that it actually doesn't take two people to do that. It it actually just takes one. And then when that person feels that, then I think the other person can start organically doing that as well. And you'll feel that you'll feel the shift. And then the fruit of that, the fruit of that labor or that vulnerability or that curiosity will go so far. Mm. So um, that's, that's kind of how it happened is we both started just teeny tiny little steps towards like being more curious about the other person. Well, maybe they do have something to offer here. Well, maybe we do complement each other more than we thought. And it's kind of that idea of like where your um, energy, where your attention goes is the energy grows. Mm -hmm. So if I, if all my attention was going into, I'm right, this is the way we should do it. Then I was missing an opportunity to say like, is there more than one way? And is there a way that can actually be even bigger than I thought? Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think that's, yeah, if you're always just kind of, you know, you put the the, the blockade up and you're like, I'm right, I'm not going to listen to anyone. How do you even, how do you even learn, right? Because you know, if you know it all, what's there left to learn, right? So yeah, great... and I mean, I would be lying if I say we still don't have a lot of challenges, no, less in the business, right? Uh, in the sense that like, we really put so much work into that because we were forced to, because it was like so chaotic and we were self-funding. So there was financial pressures to like, you can't just like waste all these technical resources every month. You have to like really get on the same page and have goals and get clear. Um, but we parent together. One of our child has a lot of extra needs and challenges. I mean, like, I, I also just have to sometimes recognize that like, there are just seasons in life that are really difficult. Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle of a startup company and we have young children and that's going to be hard. And so I also try to adjust my expectations and say, like, it's not always going to be easy. And um, it's more about realizing this is a marathon and not a sprint mm -hmm. and feeling like just because today is hard doesn't mean every day is hard. And we've weathered a lot together and we can continue to weather a lot together. So there's just I, I just want to continuously encourage people too, because sometimes I used to have the mindset that like he had to do it my way or he had to show up in this way in order for it to work. And it was really just like, if I flip that back on myself is what really, you know, actually, if I just show up this way, if I just, you know, consider my own part in it, oftentimes that is enough for a partnership to shift and for things to, to improve. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. We can easily get stuck in if the other person does it this way, then it'll all be okay. Yeah. We're all guilty of that, including myself. I want to go back. You mentioned mistakes a couple times in our conversation already. Would you shine a light on, especially as, and, and you could you could take it from the relationship side, you can take it from the business side, you could mix them however you want. Would you shine a light on one or two that maybe they they kind of not I don't want to say hurt, but you think about more like you would you would encourage people not to make or try not to make anything you can think of you know over the last couple of years. Yeah. So uh, when we made the shift, uh, I had a person who was leading our technology. She was a female who was a hardware engineer who had a PhD in physics. She's one of the smartest women I've ever met. And I was completely attached to her crossing the finish line for us. 
completely attached. I'm like, I have a strong female engineering lead, like this empower women. This is incredible. And uh, one day she quit <laughs> and I was yeah. floored. And she was very kind and gracious. She wanted a, a slower pace of life. She didn't want to be in startup and she realized what she was getting into. And she told me from the beginning, even when we were just the digital publishing company, she told me like, I'm a hardware engineer. Like I'm not a software engineer. And I was like, oh, you're smart enough. Like we don't really have a software product. We're just like publishing things on the internet. You'll be fine. And she was. But the minute we made the pivot, I was so attached to being with her across the finish line that I neglected to say, what does the business need? And so when she, when she left, I was not upset at her. I had a lot of kind, I have just like so much respect for her, but I was thought it was going to be like, it was the end of times. Right. And, um, then I hired, I went through this whole series of like trying to find the right person. And I found this person who was like this miracle hire who just click, 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 clicked. And it was like the, usually on a, uh, with a leadership team member, I have an average hiring time of like four to four and a half months. I take my time, really want to make sure we get the right people. I hired him in four days and it was very bizarre. I've never hired anyone that quickly before. And he had so much software experience and, um, had, I mean, he just had like checked all these boxes and I didn't even know that we were missing that. And when he came in, I had this big realization that had that not happened when it did, we had a bunch of technical issues right around that time. The company may not have made it. Oh, and wow. so just to sit back and, and learn that like, I don't always know what's best and there's a greater force holding me. And sometimes I need to detach from my expectations of what I think this needs to look like. And I need to say, I'm going to show up here and do everything that I can, but I can't pretend to know what's best is often like a really important lesson I've had to learn. And so, yeah, that was challenging to, to lose our head of technology in a really pivotal time, but then to come through the other side and go, had I not lost her, very severe consequences may have happened. Yeah. What was the, I'm assuming from a mental side, like you were you were obviously shocked you said but like was that the, I mean I know you said you hired them in a very short period of time but like what were those few days like like was there like chaos panic <laughs> like life's ending type thing or yeah so what had happened is uh she gave me like a three week or four week notice which is more than she needed to mm -hmm. but it's a very short turnaround time for head of technology in a software driven startup yeah so the, the funny thing was she told me like a few days before I was supposed to go to France to celebrate my best friend's 40th birthday. And I had planned this trip with the intention of, I can't work. Like I'm going to give you my time and attention. I'm going to take a break. I I'm mentally exhausted and I need to have this time. And I don't, at that point, I don't know that I had really unplugged for years. And I was like, I'm dedicated to this trip. I'm unplugging. And then like, less than a week before I left, this happened. Oh, wow. So um, I said, well, this is part of owning a company and you're going to have to stick to that boundary. You know, you have to let some of that boundary go. You can stick to most of it. But basically on that trip, you know, in the time difference, I was like up in the middle of the night doing these interviews. So I quickly tapped in with a recruiter and I said, pass me anyone. I'll just be up in the middle of the night if I need to. Like, so on that trip, it was really funny because I would be like, my friend would be like sleeping and like trying to go to bed. And I would be like, I got to do this quick interview. <laughs> like it was really chaotic. And I got back from the trip and I had um, this lead that I was like, oh, I've got to close this guy. And then I was like at the very final stage of closing him right before I left France. And my recruiter messaged me, oh, Amazon just came back and offered him 750,000. And I was like, 
Yeah, definitely not going to be able to to counter that. Yeah. <laughs> and true. I said, okay. And it was just another moment. I was like, oh, this was the guy. I Now it's not going to work, right? Yeah. And then I will never forget, I came into my office the Monday morning. I got back like on a Friday or Saturday, came into office Monday morning, sat down at my desk and I said, you have five days to find somebody and it will happen. And at that point, the recruiter who was helping me was so embarrassed because we had um, we lost the guy that we thought we were going to close, like at the last second. And so he kind of a little bit ghosted me. And I was like, oh, shit. And I opened my inbox and there was a new random recruiter who was like, hey, just checking in to see if you have any technical hiring needs. And I said, I do. Can we get on the phone? And he goes, I have the perfect person for you who's been waiting around for a more mission-driven company who would be perfect for you. And then I just hired him. And he's like literally been the most incredible hire, one of the most incredible hires I've ever had. So it was just that kind of like trusting, right? Because there were so many times where I was like, this is going to fall apart. This is going to fall apart. And just going, even if it feels like that, you're still here. So, so it's okay. Just keep moving forward. And just that reminder, I always do this where I'm like, it has to work out this way or it's not going to work out. And it's like, how many times do I have to learn that lesson? Yeah, <laughs> that it could work out a different way and be better. Well, and that I yeah. think that's the luck factor that we all forget. Like, you know, we get laid off from a job or again, something happens. We're like, this is the worst thing in the world. And then all of a sudden, if and we look back, we connect the dots and you're like, oh, my God, if that never happened. Like I tell yes. a story about my I got laid off from this job is when I was first in a sales role. And I happened to get the I got hired by. Rob and Mary Beth, who started it, had this startup. And Rob and Mary Beth, they're still mentors to me today. They're the most unbelievable human beings in the world. I would never would have met them, never would have worked for their company. They changed my life, I like to say, from a from like a professional career standpoint, all because I got laid off three weeks prior from this other yes. company, you know? But we think it's the it's most sort devastating of that, thing. It's that idea of like life is happening for me versus to me. Mm. It's it's a hard lesson I've had to learn so many times and I still have to learn it sometimes. But um yeah, it was it was a crazy time. And I have so much gratitude now looking back that it did unfold that way, even though in the moment I was really having a hard time seeing how this was gonna pan out. Yeah. Okay, so let's just because so, this will be a good timestamp in history. So we're with WeShape, you're a year and a half, two years in. What how how long are you far right now? Yes. Yeah, so oh. we launched in December of 2021. Okay. Okay. So where are you at currently, like in terms of the business? Like are you you have folks signing up? You're you have the community building. Like where are you at in terms of and the reason I'm asking this is if if you came back on the podcast is in two years. Where would you hope to be then? I'm just kind of curious, like how you're thinking for the future in terms of what are some of the chess pieces you're moving over the next couple of years? Yeah, well, from the business perspective, we are still very much in startup mode and we are in the process of closing our seed round of funding. Mm -hmm. So we're still doing, you know, we're still self-funding, but we're also still getting some seed round coming in. So um, that's another lesson we really had to learn is that, you know, funding is time consuming. It's a totally different world that we were never exposed to. We've made a lot of mistakes. Um, So right now we're just kind of in the thick of it still. And um, so my hope is that we will meet our funding goals for 2023 and that most of our time and energy can then be shifted to, uh, we have a really amazing skilled 
uh, expert in product now, so we can really focus on the user experience. Um, so my hope is that this year we kind of wrap up the funding portion, or at least a big part of it, and then we can divide more of our or give more of our attention to like the product experience. And there's a lot of things that I'd like to offer our community in terms of like time variability. So when, when people log in now, it's, they just push play and the average workouts are 25 to 30 minutes. But I also know that time is like a huge deal for people. And like, I would love to be able to have people customize how much time they need, like maybe 15 minute workouts. Um, I'd love to be able to expand our community even further right now. We just launched like six months ago these daily community calls, mm. because I realized once we went down this road of like, you know, it's okay if you, you lose weight, but we want to focus our intentions on self-acceptance and movement and all these things. I was like, oh, we're asking people to go a completely different road and people are going to need community during that time. Right. So we've been since offering like daily community calls. I'd love to bring in further experts for different series that we can have. Like we've done that once so far, we've had an expert come in and they've done like a series on, you know, how to break up a toxic weight loss culture. So just furthering the educational resources, growing the community, closing the seed funding, focusing on product iterations that really meet the user where they are and and what and some of the things they need in the product. That's kind of where we're, that's my, well, I hope will be our next steps. Yeah. With the, uh, with the seed round, I'm talking with a lot of friends that have gone through this, like, how did you, like, who runs that on your side? Like, is that your, it's like, do you guys split that duty? Like who runs so, the, the investment pitches? Originally and... we were both doing it. Okay. And then I thought this is, this is not something that you really can split attention. Like we need to really dedicate this project to one person. Mm -hmm. And I started where I, I was kind of reaching out to this woman who was helping women specifically get uh, funding. And I started realizing, well, the first thing she said to me when I got on the phone with her was like, oh, you have a male co-founder? Perfect. And I was like, what? She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like part of my my goal in my business is to help women get funding. But I also have to share with you that the harsh reality is that men have an easier time getting funding. And I was like, oh no. And so there was a part of me that really wanted to fight that fight and prove everybody wrong and be like, no, I'm going to get the funding. And then there was another part of me that's like, oh, actually at the time I was running the product too. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're the one who's responsible for running the product and building the team. And like, I was like, you, you got to let that go. Like that yeah. justice side of me wanted to be like, you know, oh, I, I, I'm going to show everyone and I'm going right. to be the female founder who gets all the funding. And then I was like, well, actually my co-founder is significantly more extroverted than me yeah. he was the one in our previous businesses who had all of the connections in the space i was very much behind the scenes like you don't even like doing that right right, right. <laughs> so i shoved my ego aside and so he's actually been the, the primary uh, person responsible for funding and i have so much gratitude for that because it's really i'll do it but i don't want to do it to like prove something i want to do it because i enjoy it and he definitely has more passion around that than i do yeah yeah, it's a at least for what I, I've never had to do a an investor pitch, but at least what I hear, it's a it's definitely an interesting uh, different different uh, different ball game, if you will. You know, just being in that. Yeah, room and I and, just yeah. am like, I'm such a person who wants to fight for the right thing. Yeah, that it's hard for me to veer away from. Join us in breaking toxic weight loss culture. They're like, we don't care about that, yeah. and so like the no's were extra hard on me because I was like, but people should care about this. Like, don't you want to care where you're spending your money? Yeah. 
And um, yeah, so I have a lot of gratitude that he feels like, no, I, I'm going to do that part because, you know, and, and there have been times where actually having a female has benefited us. There's plenty of people who want to offer funding for female-led companies. So we've tried to go down that road. It's just, it's just a lot fewer. Yeah. There's a lot fewer um, investors in that category, but it's a lot of trial and error. Like we originally were both doing it. Then I was primarily doing it a little bit because we were thinking like, oh, female founder, maybe we could tap into this pool. And then that wasn't. So it's just really had, we've had to really learn as we go. Yeah. What do you think is resonating with the investors? Like what, is it the mission? Is there a certain part of the business? Like, is there something that's caught their eye that maybe you've gotten interest on the most? I, I wish it was the mission. Um, it's It's yeah. been less that. It's been more um, all of our data and our metrics and conversions and uh, also the fact that we had run scaled uh, digital fitness companies in the past and had experience with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah that's, I, I, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, you'd like it. No, we, we want the mission. We're for this. Here's the dollars. But yeah, unfortunately, they're looking at it in a different light maybe. And we have to like realize everywhere I put my energy, I'm only one person. He's only one person, right? And so there, I could probably find an audience who cares more about the mission. And um, I'm not saying that the investors that we have taken on don't necessarily care. It just hasn't been their driving force, right? Yeah. And so, um, and to, to their own, like, of course, they should be looking at metrics and data to make sure that their investment will have a return sure, 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 <laughs> or sure, have sure. the highest probability of return. So I'm not discrediting that methodology. Um, I'm just a really passionate person about our mission. And I've had to really tone that down a little bit and be like, okay, th this isn't going to be about that here, but you can use that energy here instead. Yeah, absolutely. Which is with our community. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's the ideal client? Someone's listening in. Who? How would they know they might be an ideal like person to use WeShape? Um, the, the person who's tried many different diets and exercise programs and still feels like, I don't feel happy in my body. Yeah. Whether it's pain, whether it's self-confidence, like we kind of tackle all of those things. Like yeah. I just don't feel how I had hoped to feel. Everything I've tried doesn't work. And I need to try something that's like, it's so funny how we do this thing as humans where we like do the same thing, even though it's wrapped in a different package. Like it's still the same present. Yeah. It just has a different color bow on it. Right. Yeah. And then we're like, so surprised that this didn't work or this didn't work. And so I'm trying to offer like a completely different package. I can you know, I'm not, it's not just, we're not just changing the way the color of the bow. We're really changing the whole thing. Yeah. And so anyone who feels like, gosh, I just, I, I've tried so many things and I'm still kind of where I started or I'm still not quite able to connect with myself or feel great in the way that I had hoped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm hearing correctly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you're trying to help with a lifestyle change. This is not about changing a few numbers on the scale. This is, this is changing your lifestyle. And if you change your lifestyle, you'll become happier, more fulfilled because of it. I, I would even say it's more, we're helping people change their relationship to self. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that relationship is what sort of breeds that lifestyle change. Okay. What sort of, and I use this example of like, you know, I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years. I used to hate exercise up until about two years ago. I used exercise as a tool of like that would be for punishment. Like, oh, I ate that cake last night or I have a trip coming up. So I have to, it's like, I didn't even realize like sort of some of that toxic thinking and how that was actually not really healthy for my body or even healthy for my state of mind. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I shifted that intention and said, what if you can 
I mean, we can't run away from those outside messages like social media and friends, right? We can't run away from it entirely. But what if you turn that dial down a little bit and start tapping into like connecting with yourself in a different way and um, not using exercise as a form of punishment and not using exercise to change necessarily the the way your body looks and just use it as a way to connect with yourself. And it and I really feel like it's interesting to say that I, I don't really exercise for those reasons anymore. And I kind of intrinsically want to move my body now because I'm focusing on how I'm feeling. I'm not really so much focusing on how I look. And it was a really profound change for me because you know, my, my, my partner really loves exercise. That's yeah. his like passion. And yeah. so he was always like, we run a fitness company. When are you going to enjoy this? And I was like, I just don't, yeah. you know? And it was because my intentions and my connection with self weren't driving that it was the external validation that I was seeking that was driving that. So that's why we talk a lot about the connection with self, because we feel like if we can strengthen that, it will drive the lifestyle change. It will drive feeling better in your body. Is there something y'all coach on? Like if we're kind of thinking of like getting started, right? And let's say getting started with self and, and trying to improve that. Is there any technique, insight, some a question someone should ask themselves? Just kind of curious, maybe as a lasting impression for folks listening in that you would share with them to, to take that first step on their, let's call it their their health and wellness journey. Yeah, I mean, here's the here's the interesting thing that I've really had to dissect further. We live in a culture that is obsessed with the manual, which that is obsessed with the plan, the prescription, the program, mm -hmm. and true uh, connection with self. There is no plan, right? It's like there's if there's eight billion people in the world, then there's eight billion different variations of how we feel like we're staying true to ourselves, and so. The reality is um, what really gets a lot of people started here and what really got me started was saying, I want to get curious. Mm. Is there another way that I can connect with myself that would be more meaningful? Is the methodology that I have used in the past, am I attaching to that? Do I identify with that? Because here's the other thing. I, even though I was like exercising in my opinion for the, with the wrong intentions, I was like a health nut. Like I deeply cared about it all. I just didn't like love it. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. But it wasn't until I acknowledged that like that methodology was kind of miserable. I had like sold myself on this idea that I liked it. Mm. And because everyone else in front of me said, do these things, check these boxes and you're healthy. And so I had to unattach from my way of thinking even before I could understand, oh my God, you were, I didn't even know that I was kind of miserable in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So when everyone, people ask this a lot, like, well, what's the first thing people do? I'm like, get curious. Yeah. And I know that sounds vague. And I know that sounds like, oh, that's just sounds so easy, but it is, it was the thing that led me down the, like, it, like that allowed me to see that I had attached to those things that I hadn't even realized. Yeah. And getting curious was the, is still the driver and how we are able to 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 create continuous like kind of internal transformation. No, I love. I mean, one of the mantras for just get started is the only way we discover happiness is first discovering ourselves. Like, if we yeah. get curious about ourselves, why do we do things? Where do we come from? What are our triggers? Right? What are our attachments? I think I think that's one of the most challenging things I've discovered. Maybe it seems like you have as well. Is like it's so painful and hard to ask those questions of ourselves. But once we do, it's amazing what it opens up, and 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 really how it makes us. I think we can use the word happy or fulfill. We can kind of use those filler words, but the reality is it just makes us feel more. And I think when you feel more and you have those more that emotion, that's how we get to the next level. So yeah, and I think it's 
it's like practicing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I, I give this analogy a lot of like these two dials on the inside. It's like your, your true authentic connection with self. And then like the messages that we get from culture, family, friends, the society we live in. And um, I think that as we age and as, you know, we're no longer children anymore, that external dial gets turned up pretty loud and that internal dial kind of gets turned down, right? Like I, I like to say, like when babies are born, that internal dial is a 10. That baby doesn't care if you're in a meeting. That baby doesn't yeah. care if it's the middle of the night. They, they're getting fed. They're getting the diaper changed, right. right? Like my needs are here. But then as we get older, that external dial sometimes gets louder than the internal. And that's what I'm trying to do at WeShape is like, how do we turn that internal dial up? And when we practice turning that in, we can never turn the external dial off completely. You would have to live in a cave. But I think that isn't the goal. I think the goal is just to keep that internal dial a little bit louder, even if it's just a little bit louder than the external. And when we practice that, we know we can actually have an embodied experience about what that feels like. And then, you know, right at first when you're doing that, you're like, is this a feeling like it does this feel okay? And it's like, Oh, okay, I'm starting to learn how my body feels when I'm in reaction to something like this. Like, oh, am I doing this because I want someone to give me validation or am I doing this because I really feel like I want to do this? Like, those are really hard questions to ask in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep getting curious, I do believe that we start to kind of build up those reps of self-trust and then we know what that feels like. And then it kind of is like this momentum that we can get that can create like a deeper connection with self. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think okay, that's a good place maybe to end our conversation. That's uh, that's really good. That's a good mic drop. Uh, where can everyone find you? Do, do you spend any time in the social watering holes? Where can people find WeShape? What, give me all the details. Yeah, so we're we're on all social media platforms. We have two social handles. We have at WeShape, which is all movement-based related content. And then we have at WeShape podcast, which is podcast clips, different guests, experts talking about toxic weight loss culture, toxic exercise culture, connecting with self. Um, also, we have a special link for your listeners, which is WeShape.com forward slash just get started. Mm. And if your listeners go there, they can get a two-week free trial. Come check us out. Join one of our community calls. Uh, I host the podcast discussion group every Tuesday. Yeah. So it's a live Zoom call. So we're always just kind of talking about the latest release of our podcast. We also have the podcast. People yeah. can check us out on Spotify, iTunes. And yeah, we would love to connect with people in your community as well. That's awesome. And I love, I, I went through doing some research prior. Like you have that questionnaire people walk through as they're kind of signed up. I really like that in terms of trying to get more curtailed to you know, again, their body, their mind, their, you know, their, their lifestyle different than someone else. So I I really like how you guys put some thought into that. Yeah, we definitely want to understand, you know, how we can meet the needs of each of our, each of our community members. So the questionnaire really helps us understand like where you are physically, where you are emotionally, how do we, how do we meet the needs that you might have? Awesome. Okay. Thank you again for being on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect and get the We Shape word out there. Hey everyone, and just one more quick thing before you head off on your day. If you're enjoying this podcast and are looking for other resources and tools to help you get started and move forward toward a happier and more fulfilling life, then I'd encourage you to head over to my website, brianondraco.com, and hit the subscribe button in the upper right corner. There you can find my newsletter and blog subscriptions, where I share insights and information around getting unstuck, perspective, mindset, relationships, habits, and much more. If you get a chance to sign up, I hope you enjoy. Thanks again for listening in and have a phenomenal day.